welcome to the Voice of Many podcast show with Yolanda and Vanessa. Our podcast would not be possible without you and our sponsors, Z Funk Productions and Step One Training Solutions. Good evening, listeners, and thank you for joining us. We have a returning guest with us, a gentleman who has many years' experience in sales and in the entertainment market. We are pleased to be sitting around the table tonight with our friend Dan. Welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me again. I appreciate you guys uh, let me do the show again. <laughs> We're glad to have you with us, and we know you have so much knowledge and, and wealth of information to share with us. Can you briefly um, share with everyone um, a little bit about yourself, especially for our first-time listeners? Yeah. Um, my name is Dan Leapart. I worked in the media business for 15 years. Uh, with a, a local Orlando radio cluster that led me to uh, work in event production uh, for about, you know, about 14, 15 years uh, with Cox Media Group. So we got to produce uh, great, you know, concerts and festivals all, all across Central Florida for the last 15 years. Recently, I've uh, gone into the sales industry uh, where I'm working uh, with a company called Portable Air and we work in temporary air and power for contractors and special events and uh, facilities, things like that. So um, better late than never on uh, getting into sales for me, in my opinion. And what topic are you sharing with us tonight? Yeah, today we're going to talk about financial freedom, something that's really important to me um, that I, I didn't really get into until my 30s. Uh, so, so I wanted to touch on that for our topic. Okay. Well, if you will, um, we will let you take the discussion from here. Um, where should we start when we are talking about finances? I know, and, and right now is a very important time because um, like we say COVID has affected all of us in some way or another. And now, with situations with the stock market, um, where do we start? What's what's the first point? What direction should we go in? Yeah, it's just funny that you bring that up. I, I was going to start with student loans, but I'll put that on the back burner um, and go with go with stock market. And, and it's kind of a, a crazy time. You know, you hear about, you know, uh, Robin Hood and GameStop and AMC. Uh, really, it's really something that, you know, when I talk to people, individual in, investing, you know, creating a, you know, whether it's Charles Schwab account or, or TD Ameritrade or E-Trade, whatever you want to do. Um, to kind of build your own own personal wealth, it's. I, I would say that don't get caught up in the hype uh, for for these accounts. Uh, you know what's not being reported now that it's kind of the hype is over with. Are all the people that did pour a lot of money into in, into these stocks and and they lost it um, really overnight? You you heard about all the people who made a lot of money in in a matter of a few days, but the problem is it's. It's a very tight window for for these kind of what are called short stocks, um, short selling, where someone purchases a a stock and sells it quickly after for a a big profit because you know it was you know the stock was either you know purchased by a big a big proportion amount of people or you know some kind of unusual activity happened. So that's something that um, I I would you know I'm not a professional advisor, but I kept an eye on that and watched how it went and was even actually eyeing AMC stock before all this stuff happened. I wasn't really looking at GameStop, um, 
But you know what? I'm glad I didn't get in because that's really for the people that are on their phones, on their computers. They're following the stock day in, day out, hours and hours on end. Um, so yeah, my first, um, first point of, of, uh, emphasis is that you just, just don't buy into that hype when you hear, uh, mm-hmm. that kind of, that kind of, uh, you know, news coverage. And, you know, if, if, if the main, uh, media is, is talking about, uh, the stock market in that kind of way, you know, it's, it's probably a little too late to get in on it, you know, and I think that happened to a lot of investors. Yeah, we hear yeah. we hear about something and it was like, oh, they're doing it. You know, it's not always the best decision. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, look, if you happen to have that stock or you got in on the that first day when everything happened, I, I mean, you really had a, a chance to make a lot of money. I know that attracts a lot of people, um, you know, to that, but. Really, I think what the stock market is best at doing is investing. And, and when you're investing, you know, smartly, um, you know, it, it doesn't, it, it really pays to be patient and do your research. You know, and I, I think what happened with uh, the GameStop situation was you had a lot of people on, you know, social media coming together, which isn't a bad thing. It's great for people to talk because it's never really happened before. Uh, but, you know, like I said, do your research you know, check into like all these educational tools that are out there um, on, on these stocks that you're interested in buying and, um, you know, be patient. It's, it's a long game, uh, just like any other uh, investment, you know, uh, opportunity. And that doesn't mean you have to keep it for 20 or 30 or 40 years. It, it can mean it, you know, you keep it for a couple months. Um, but really, I think that, you know, keeping it over a longer period of time almost guarantees you to make your money um, and, and in good amounts. So, uh, you know, another thing I was going to say is you don't need that much money to open an account where, where it's a personal investor account. I opened one with uh, $50 and, you know, in about three or four months, I had put between 400 and $500 in and, you know, my um, uh, total amount of that account was, sitting at about $800. So in about three or four months time, I was able to make $400 uh, off of, you know, simple investments, not anything too crazy. I was putting $50 in, you know, every, every two weeks or so. Um, but again, I researched those stocks. I was looking into them. I was kind of following them as they go and uh, wasn't just, you know, <laughs> looking on the news and finding what, what's hot or, you know, what's, what's going crazy at the moment. So, um, it's really something that anyone can can get into, even just with a few bucks. It just that's just gonna, you know, decide how fast it can grow, how much money you put in. And I think too, that's one of the big um, drivers for for our listeners, and I know for myself, is that we feel that we always need a lot of money to get started. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's knowing where to look, you know, who to listen to. I think it's a big part of it. Yeah, and with that, with these uh, in, individual investor accounts, these, these brokerage accounts that you could sign up for, it's basically a bank account. Uh, you, you don't have to have, you know, in years past, you had to go to a, you know, a trader, and you, you had to have thousands of dollars to, to start off with, and that's just not the case anymore. Um, I, I think it's just it's a great opportunity for anybody to get in on the ground floor, and instead of you know putting your money away. Or, 
or in addition to a savings account, something like that, mm-hmm. you can uh, you could turn your you know money into a good amount uh, a little faster, and it's it's actually a pretty responsible way to do it. Um, I, I've used TD Ameritrade, um, and there's plenty of others like Eat Trade. Uh, I have not used Robinhood. That was the one that was in the news, you know, for all the mm-hmm. uh, all the day trading, you know, news that was going on with uh, AMC and GameStop, but. Um, so I, I don't really have a experience with that, but the ones I've been using have been awesome. I mean, they've worked great, and it, it, it's really helpful to kind of show you how how to do it. You know, I learned as I went, so that was um, really helpful. Yeah, my husband and I, um, he's been using Robinhood, and we had actually thought about getting GameStop stock before everything happened, but we didn't because they were getting ready to you know, go into bankruptcy. And then next thing you know, you hear big names like Elon Musk and different YouTubers like, hey, get into this before such and such happens. Yeah. And we're like, ah, that's kind of a big 50-50. What if it doesn't go up? Exactly. Everything. Mm -hmm. Or it does, and we kick ourselves in the butt later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. You know, and I was doing the same thing. I was watching... AMC, and I was I was thinking it was at like three and a half dollars for a, a a share, and I was like, you know, it for a company that might not be around in a year, I just mm-hmm. I just don't want to pay that. And if it gets down to a dollar, I'll t- you know take a chance, and um, you know I, I did the same thing. And, you know, we always kick ourselves, but you know we always have to remember that we didn't lose that money, you know, because we That's didn't, true. you know, we didn't put it in to begin with, so. You know, whenever I look at that or if I sell a stock and then it goes, you know, if it doubles the next day, which just happened to me yesterday, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, ah, you got to be kidding me. But then again, I was like, well, I quadrupled my investment, you know, mm-hmm. so so you kind of just got to know when your time is up and, and make a decision and be confident about it. Um, now, if you invested in Apple 20 years ago and cut out, yeah. you know, 18 years ago. I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just, um, that, that's kind of, that's kind of how I deal with it. So, um, but yes, I, I feel your pain um, <laughs> when, when you, you didn't, you didn't do anything and you know, it's, it's not, not the worst thing though, not to do anything because you may have held out one day too long and, and then, you know, lost money on the, on the deal. So, because we went back and forth over it before it happened and he's like no I don't think so and I'm like it keeps popping up everywhere Yeah, like something's going to happen but then at the same time too you're like well eventually they are going to become obsolete and if everyone thinks the same thing too it's just going to crash and keep crashing and you Mm -hmm. can't afford that yeah for sure yeah and I think one thing that you know got Robin Hood in a bit of trouble just for that moment with GameStop was uh, it was something I wanted to talk about just for a moment and it's called borrowing against the margin mm-hmm. and you know you put your own cash in and when as you put your cash in the company that you're investing with basically doubles your money and and loans you however much cash you put in you know to the account so mm-hmm. if you put a hundred dollars in they'll let you borrow a hundred dollars on top of the hundred dollars you already used. So what happened when everybody started, you know, buying up GameStop and wouldn't sell it was they were, you know, 
they were using the investors were using the the margin, so they were using all this borrowed money from Robinhood. Well, they bought so much of it that Robinhood ran out of money basically temporarily, and couldn't cover any more borrowing from the, the margins. And these, you know, you had a lot of individual investors that weren't really even using their own money; they were using Robinhood's money to okay. to really, you know, cash out and get rich. That's why Robinhood, they pretty much shut it down for a day. Uh, they yeah, won't. They, did. they wouldn't say that. You know, they, they would say they, they stand by the investor and whatnot, but they kind of had to because if they didn't, they would have uh, pretty much gone out of business in a matter of days. So they had to basically uh, pull a whole, whole line of credit and have some investors put some money back in uh, to the company to, to, you know, float for a couple of days until they can get their bearings straight. But that's, that's what happened. And, and one thing I try to always do is not borrow against the margin. You know, I, mm-hmm. I put, I'll put cash into my account and that's really what I work with. I really, I think I've gone into margin by a couple dollars only one time. And that was because I just did my math wrong. Um, but I mean, you, if somebody puts $10,000 in their account, they could borrow up to $10,000, which is kind of crazy when you think of it. Um, yeah. Because if you make that money, great. But if you lose that money, now you're out twice as much. So, cause you're paying that back in your cash and you're also paying the loan back. So it's, it's a, it's, it's a lot to deal with. And, and I think a lot of new investors don't have that, um, experience. And, and I'm speaking from a place of mild experience, um, when it comes to margin, uh, borrowing, but it, it can be pretty troublesome if you, if you, you know, borrow a lot of money against that margin. And I know you were going to say something, too, about student loans, since a lot of people, too, right now are struggling to pay back student loans with losing jobs and difficult times right about now. Yeah. You know, what? that was 20 years ago that I I had uh, the option to, you know, great student loans at college. And, you know, when you haven't seen when you're 18 or 20 or 22 or 25, whatever it is, and you haven't had the, you know, you haven't had a big bank account, you haven't had a, a large sum of money in your life, it's really hard to say no to that. And, you know, I, I did Pell Grants, which are great. Uh, those are, you know, you don't have to pay those back. And most schools do offer offer those for all students. Um, but, you know, I, I took 100%, I took the max out for my loans every semester and what a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> I even remember my, my, uh, my parents were like, yeah, you probably shouldn't take that, you know, the, the max. And I'm like, I'm, I'm good. You know, like I, I know what I'm doing guys. I, I don't have to pay this off till I'm done with college. And of course that payment day came and wow, I, it took me, it must've been eight or nine years just to start paying on the, on the principal. It was wow. eight or nine years of interest payments. Uh, and that was something, you know, when you're in college, you don't, well, not everyone. I mean, some people are responsible and know what they're getting into. Um, but I, I, I really didn't. It was one of those things that was kind of an eye opener and, and not till later. Uh, but to pay, you know, um, interest for eight or nine years on, on a, on a loan is, is pretty brutal. So I, I didn't really make a, a dent in my, um, in my principal amounts for, it really was like 10 to 12 years until I was really starting to see that, those numbers come down. And that's really frustrating when you're, you know, 26, 28, 30 years old 
and um, you're, you know the majority of your paychecks are going to student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know a lot of people say, well, you know, hey, you did it. You, you got to take responsibility for it. Um, that's where I just think we need better education for kids coming up in, in school, you know, whether that's mid- middle school or high school, um, even college, because a lot of, uh, a lot of these students don't take it, you know, until their junior or senior year, or they come across a, you know, a payday loan company. If they're not making enough money, it's, it's all a vicious cycle. Um, and the, the interest we end up paying on that stuff is, is really, really painful to, to swallow. So. Yeah, they don't teach you about money management at all. Yeah, and, until and you end up it, starting paying a bill. But then, isn't that amazing? And, you know? and then too, <laughs> in college, they're pushing these credit cards on you. You know, they have credit. Yep. Cards, yeah. You know, like you need a credit card. You can get a credit card. But yeah. And, and that's the thing too. You know, when I had a, you know, in my early, early, well, late teens and early twenties, same thing. I, I had pretty good credit at a, for a moment. And I, I got a couple of credit cards. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And 24, 25% interest on that. You get behind one month and you're done if you don't, you know, make much money, which not many of us do you know, in our early 20s or during college. So that was just, you know, do the research. If you can work it to where you get a credit card, but, you know, you make a, your, your Netflix payment on it, you know, once a month. And that, that's, that's really it. Just kind of start growing that credit. That's super helpful, but you know, don't, don't expect to be able to, you know, put, put large purchases or, or regular food purchases or anything like that on a credit card. Cause it'll, it'll add up really fast. That's what I, I had the opposite thing happen to me to where I was terrified of a credit card oh, yeah. because I knew I was going to have to eventually pay it back. And possibly yeah, right. with interest after my mom explaining things to me. And I'm like, I don't ever want a credit card. But yeah. She's like, at the same time, you need credit. Yeah. I'm like, that's a double-edged sword. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Have and, to yeah. deal with it. And I've talked to students, too, where they're like, well, you know, how am I supposed to get credit? It same goes for a job. How am I supposed to get good experience? Nobody will give it to me, you know? Whereas, like, how am I supposed to get credit if I either, you know, don't have the credit rating or I do have a credit card, but I don't want to run it up. And I think that's kind of, like you said, it's just not taught in school and it Mm -hmm. should totally be a a two to four year course. I mean, it's something that just grows and grows and grows and gets these uh, kids ready for, for college and then through college as well. Um, It's kind of, kind of wild that, that nobody learns these things or teaches these things until, um, until later in life when, you know, you have time to repair your credit, but it's still a long road uh, to get out of that. Between that and home ec, I think. Both <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> These should both be really yeah. important. Yeah, exactly. Because it's sad when you meet someone who doesn't know how to cook an egg. <laughs> in a microwave and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's awesome. I remember some, some good home ec classes. Well, Dan, um, we want to just say that it's been enlightening. And also, too, before before we before we wrap up, is it ever too late to start looking at the financial aspect as far as stock markets or special savings? Um, yeah. 
and, and that's a, it's a great question. It never is. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, 20, 30, 40, 60, 80. It really doesn't. I mean, it, you know, as we live longer, it's, it's so important. One of the one the things I just wanted to touch on as well was just the 401k and, and some companies offer it. Some offer, you know, a match where they, they match dollar for, you know, they match a percentage for every percentage you put in. Um, even if they don't offer a match, it's so smart to take that. Uh, and luckily I was smart enough to do that, you know, back in my twenties, I just knew it would pay off and, and, and it really has. And really what a 401k uh, does is, is it plays the market conservatively for you. So it, it, it basically takes low risk, you know, um, strong stocks that are going to, you know, that have a proven track record that, that make their customers money year in, year out. And it's going to invest into those, those stocks, you know? Um, so no matter if the company's matching it or you're putting your own money in or, or, you know, both you're, you're going to be putting money away that, that you, that you won't really touch for a while. Um, you know, my dad didn't start his uh, 401k. I think it's he was 41 years old and he's uh, in retirement now at 71 and you know, he's got enough money for retirement. So that's, um, you know, I know that's, that was about 25, 26 years of, of saving, but any little bit helps. And, and again, you could always supplement the 401 with the individual investing account where you control the stocks you purchase and, and, and pay for. So if you want to, you know, keep it financially conservative with the 401k, you could be a little bit more aggressive in your individual account. If that makes any more sense, you can, you could turn, uh, uh, more of a profit, uh, in that individual account while you're, you know, putting that nest egg away for retirement. That is true. Yeah. Very true. Can you um, please tell our listeners how they can contact you in case they have any questions or want to learn more from you? Uh, sure. Yeah. My email is, uh, I'll just spell it out for you. It's D A N L E A P H A R T at gmail.com. That's Dan Lee part at gmail.com. That's the best way. If any questions, anything, um, comments, um, I'm happy to, to respond or have a conversation with anyone. And we thank you so much for joining us today and we can't wait to have you back. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And to our listeners, we want to thank you for listening to the voice of many podcasts. If you have any questions or suggestions, please contact us on our many social media web pages. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and we hope to talk to you later.